Welcome everyone, this is A Healthy Obsession, a podcast covering football culture around the world by Small Goal Soccer. My name is Adam Thurwell. Today I'm going to be talking to Pete Martin. Pete is the editor and ringleader over at Soccer Bible. We're going to be talking about music, football, fashion. And before we get into the show, I just want to thank everyone for listening and being part of the community. The feedback's been great for the shows that we've done so far, so it's much appreciated. And we hope you're enjoying it. Let's get started with the show. Anyone listening, like in America, like that doesn't know what Soccer Bible is, what is Soccer Bible? So, Soccer Bible is um, kind of like a cultural look at, at football. Um, it's all the stuff that kind of comes off the pitch. Um, we look at kind of crossing music, fashion, and football that kind of holy trinity of, of everything, um, not necessarily just the sort of facts and figures that come with football, but more the lifestyle that um, bleeds off the pitch, really. Yeah, no, and but that, that's, uh, like, and it's, it's print and it's media at large, right? So you guys are doing a, a print magazine and um, you're doing um, uh, just everything digital as well, right? Yeah, so the, the print magazine is kind of like the real spine of what we're about. It's kind of like top-end um, coffee table book, but very much has... Um, our sort of progressive tone in there um, it's where we'll sort of be most expressive in terms of pushing the boundaries of where football meets fashion meets music mm. um, and so that's kind of like the, the spine of it all um, it's a massive piece really it takes a lot of a lot of um, blood sweat and tears to put it together um, and we do that um, two, two issues a year um, and that that kind of like underpins everything that we're about. But then on the site is very much kind of like rolling news of what's happening in football culture. We're sort of rooted in product historically. So um, while we, we very much talk about all the sort of like music and um, fashion and design and all those other elements, um, the the a lot of the core comes down to sort of um, a product cycle. So um, where we talk about things online a lot of that will be sort of like latest releases and stuff like that and we live in that kind of um that space that kind of like vice meets hype beasts meets football kind of kind of area mm. um so it's, it's kind of a fresh take at football but ultimately everything that we do is kind of like comes down to the creative quality that's that's the number one most important thing in everything that we've done so right from the beginning it was about you know, when new products come out, we have to shoot them ourselves. So we have our own tone of voice and stuff like that. And that's kind of put us into the space that we have, um, being one of the sort of first movers on that this whole space where football culture meets lifestyle. Um, so, yeah. So so how, how did it start originally? How, how did it even come about? Um, well, so I came in maybe, say, five years ago. And originally it was like more of a, an, an area to sort of um, shout about a product um, and a, I suppose a, a like content marketing tool. Mm. Um, and uh, we sort of like, well, for me personally, I had a, a strange way of, um, of getting involved. But when I, like my personal story, I went to, um, when I finished uni, I went and did an internship at Adidas. Um, over in Herzo and um, while I was there I was kind of like I was doing like online design basically Mm. and that um, while I was there I was was, it was around about the time where sort of like blogging was a bit of a thing I wasn't doing it intentionally but I was I was just dropping references in my own personal mood board onto a WordPress site and just so I had somewhere to go back to and um from there, like as I was, I was looking at sort of like the best in sport and things like that, um, and just doing more and more of that. Basically, just dropping in all the best stuff that I'd seen that had kind of like visual communication in it that I could use as a mood board, and a, and a, a constant sort of like personal point of reference. 
Um, and as I was doing that, I was getting more and more interest from brands and stuff like that who said, you know, and, and the numbers on the, on the site, just by pure sort of chance, were, were pretty decent. Mm. Um, it wasn't started to be kind of like that whole, um, any, any sort of like blog bigger than that. But it turned into one really, and um, then the guys. Uh, long, long story short, but after coming back to the UK after being at Adidas, I kept it going, and I was still just dropping stuff there, and it, it was getting bigger and bigger. And then, um, like I said, brands were getting interested, and then the guys who sort of own Soccer Bible reached out to me and were like, "Look, what you're doing is is the direction that we want to take Soccer Bible in, especially when it comes to sort of a magazine and and something tactile, um, and basically." move into more of the lifestyle space so away from just you know the typical product releases that we talk about but move into the wider culture of football um so that's all the all the off-pitch elements from sort of like fashion to photography to you know all these these amazing sort of um this intersection that comes across football so that's kind of how i got into it um so it started off as like a sort of a content marketing tool and then evolved and one of the first movers in terms of this whole space um and kind of like the founding father i suppose for this whole scene mm. um that's away from the sort of traditional media um and so yeah that having that sort of like first mover was a massive advantage and meant that we can kind of like set the tone and, and start the conversation effectively for this whole off-pitch world yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. So, and like looking back just over your time since you've been involved, what, what do you think some of the bigger changes are in, in football culture, whether it is the clothing, the music surrounding it? What do you think some of the, the bigger changes have been that are noticeable since you've been involved? Um, I mean, the last like five to 10 years has been mad in terms of where football has gone um, for all the right reasons, um, off the pitch anyway, like in terms of like where it meets fashion and we see so much of it. It's sometimes like hard to sort of see the wood through the trees, but um, you know, you can see all kinds of stuff from different clubs that have come along and are trying different new approaches, but then football and fashion, like just look at the, the way that brands work with players and um, that whole kind of like movement is, has been a mad one. Um, I think we've seen football embrace kind of like the sneaker culture, um, the whole hype scene has been absolutely enormous. Um, you only got to look at like where the Nigeria shirt a couple of years ago and what that kind of did for football. Um, yeah, that kind of like is, is I'd say like the eclipse of it all, but underneath that, there's so much stuff happening. Like we went through a whole phase a couple of years ago of like custom culture being a major thing where, you know, people were um, able to kind of like have their own take on jerseys and, Again, like you see little things just because we, we see so much of it. But like, say like LAFC at the start of this season had like 30 um, sewing machines at their kit launch um, where people could add like little details to their own shirts and stuff like that. And, and that's kind of just like a little touch that you see um, in the scene, I suppose. Um, so like the custom thing was massive. Obviously, Jersey culture has sort of been embraced. You've seen so many fashion brands get all over the football um you know traditional fashion brands truly embrace the game you see that saw that more than ever at the last world cup mm. where pretty much everyone had some kind of football connection or collection like rolled out around that time um and i think you probably would have seen the same if not more if the euros was happening this year yeah, and is is there is there a brand that stands out that is sort of the the leader of, of this this movement that catches your eye where you think like they're getting it right and and doing some really cool stuff? Um, I mean, it's it's naturally hard to look outside the traditional brands that you'd see. You know, mm. um, obviously uh, Nike and Adidas front runners in in it all in terms of embracing it at least. Um, you know with Adidas and Pogba as an example and going back to how they introduced the um, Pogba signing um, with Stormzy you know that was a good few years ago now and that was kind of like the the epitome of it all in terms of how these different cultures can come together 
Um, but then you only look at, like I said, the, the Nike Nigeria collection or more impressive almost was what Nike did with the Women's World Cup and the whole launch of that. Um, all the kits for that was was absolutely incredible what they did in Paris. Um, and then you, you obviously look at what Nike are doing with Jordan and PSG. And I mean, if there's any ever a time where the Jordan brand's going to be at its richest, it's now with this whole documentary that's come back. Mm. Um, like that whole, um, I suppose everyone's embraced like US culture and, and really tried to bring it to Europe. Um, so like naturally those kind of brands are doing lots in that that will hit the mainstream and they'll touch on all these different areas. Um, but then like you see all sorts of other brands like Pata and um, Daily Paper and, you know, all, all, all these other streetwear brands that have properly come into it that were almost, they've been so busy with football over the last couple of weeks, a couple of years rather, that we're almost through it with the amount of streetwear that's embraced football, you know, like Palace and Umbro years mm -hmm. back. Yeah. Uh, and Palace and Juventus most recently. Uh, there's there's so many references out there of where people have wanted a slice of football and and we see it all the time you know we work with a lot of brands behind the scenes where they'll be like you know we want to embrace and we want to get involved in the football scene it's like that's awesome like we're all for it but it's, it's getting busier and busier which is which is a healthy thing for sure yeah and you said you mentioned there that you'd you've been to an LAFC game was that was that this well not this season but uh like quite recently or when they were just getting started out I've not been myself I've been to I've, uh, we have had close contact with the guys at LAFC but since the very start um like we, we did a lot of stuff when they were from breaking ground um with the new stadium through to we did the the actual sort of um unveiling i suppose of their crest with an interview with the, with the designers and that sort of thing mm. um I, I was in la uh la, uh when was it a couple of months ago anyway and met up with the guys out there um but we just generally followed everything that they're doing along the way uh same with into miami really you want to get in those conversations right at the start and and speak to the fans and speak to those people because it's like a, it's a mad mad thing i think when you see what the cultures that they're creating and i mean mad in a good way um because they are obviously embracing european culture and, and you know putting their own their own slice on it but it's for me i we always watch it from like this side of the world thinking like half the time this is incredible and half the time this is this is weird but <laughs> <laughs> i mean that in a good way it's just sort of like you know when you put it on paper um you know, a club having thousands of fans before it's even kicked the ball in the UK, the, the sort of typical typical English sort of approach might just be, well, that's odd. That's odd. But in, in America, you, it's it's an exciting thing to see how they embrace the whole um, the whole side of it. Really, you see that across the board as well. Like when it comes to sort of the, the whole interview approach and how. Um, I was having a chat with, um, with with a player who's out in the States at the moment who, who came over from Europe um, about uh, the difference between like playing in the MLS and, and playing in, in Europe and in, in a, it's, it's just two different worlds in terms of like how, um, how much they can do off the pitch and that whole kind of thing that's like, you know, mass media over here might, might almost like slaughter you slaughter players for having interest off the pitch mm -hmm. um like take an example being like jesse lingard launches fashion his own fashion line you know, i don't know a year ago or something absolutely slated in the press regardless of like what it looks like just because he's you know had this other you know need to kind of express himself Right, and the minute um, the minute it goes poorly on the pitch, it's like an easy target, right? So it's like, whole, I think Rio Ferdinand had the same problem a decade or so ago, right? Like he was doing so much stuff away from football, and all of a sudden you have a bad game, and it's like, oh, that's why you're having a bad game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Whereas in America, it's sort of like, you know, every every second person has a, has a or like a basketball player. Everyone's doing something commercially or creatively, and it's not looked at twice. Um, 
I'd say that's kind of the stuff that we actually look to embrace. We want to talk about all these other things that show a bit of personality and show that players have a lot more to them than um, than people are very quick to assume. Mm. Um, because they're all human beings at the end of the day, really. Yeah, and we had uh, we had Didier Drogba out here playing for for Phoenix Rising where I live, and it was like fascinating to see you've got this like world-renowned footballer in Phoenix, and he he was in just out in the town, and you know just kind of going around the place, and no one really knew who he was. I mean, he was getting stops and stuff, but imagine him in any other major city in the world, and you know people would be mobbing him, and it was interesting to see him sort of live like. A relatively normal life compared to what he would be if he was in even in LA probably in New York yeah, definitely I think like even in the Premier League probably you know 70% of the Premier League players could actually walk around town and no one would necessarily bat an eyelid mm. um, it's a fascinating football is just a fascinating space for sure is it is it a think of uh just kind of culturally everyone's become more accessible right so even 20 years ago you, you didn't really see and hear from footballers as much because of the lack of social media and uh, accessibility was so much lower but now it's like well you see what jesse lingard's having for breakfast right so fans feel like there's just way more of a connection there. So I, I suppose that's good for brands too, right? Because there's a little bit more of a, a, a gateway into seeing what the person's about instead of the like mystery surrounding it. So your brands can tie in much more uh, effectively than perhaps even yeah. 10 years ago. Definitely. And I mean, like players, want, there's more of an appetite um, for players to show that, but also like a, some are setting the creative bar as well, you know, like with players traveling around with a photographer, it's very much like um, players are becoming much more savvy to it and want to, want to present the right image. Um, mm. But I think that like, social media is, is only a good thing for it. Um, just because like you say, you get that snapshot into um, another person's world and, you know, kids would definitely want to see, see what their idols are doing. Um, so yeah, it's only a good thing. And and it has that kind of effect, you know, um, where players can sort of show that personality. It instantly means they start getting snapped up by brands and stuff because equally the brands will want to embrace those players who have a, a slightly different approach or show a bit more character because they're the ones that inspire, really. And what do you think, like, the, the cultural nuances there between what you just described of in the States, you, you kind of said that earlier that athletes are sort of assumed to be associated with brand, right? Whereas in uh, the UK, Europe, the rest of the world, it's uh, sort of, uh, it's, it's newer, right? So it's become a bit more of a recent phenomenon. So what do you think is um, America, US soccer is, uh, a bit more of a, a melting pot for fans, I think, because we've got people from all over the place and they're starting supporting teams just brand new. So what do you think of, uh, just as far as North American uh, soccer culture from your experience, what do you think of some of the, the standout things uh, that you've experienced so far just from covering games and doing shoots? What do you think of some of the standout things that you've spotted about American soccer culture? Um, I think it's just about the... The, the sort of like acceptance of like the commercial side of it when it comes to sort of like a brand thing mm. um because yeah you can i mean typically we have kind of a purist view on i say we sort of like in, in a football sense there's a there's a purist view out there um we've had a, a number of shoots where you'll put a player in something sort of like a little bit not massively extreme, but um, you can you can see. <laughs> I've seen some like plenty of stuff that we put out there, and then it it goes viral because the sort of the styling of it is a little bit out there. Mm. And then like six months later, it's kind of like appearing as a main sort of like fashion trend. Um, I'm not saying that we've done that, but just because we work with like talented stylists that that know what trends are coming, that you see a bit of that. Um, so I, I've completely gone away from your question 
that's great man <laughs> no this, this, this is what it's all about so yeah just just as far as like north american football culture at large like uh, you've you've traveled to the states you've been amongst the football scene here uh, i guess mm. some of your thoughts on like this some of the cultural differences and and maybe some things that you like that stand out just from a, a cultural perspective here in the states i mean like look at stadiums as a starting point and they're proper just built for purpose you're built for to provide the most entertaining like environment aren't they like so it's not necessarily about who's got the biggest stadium but but more about who can create the best experience mm. um which is like you know that's that's such a, a great way of thinking um because they just want their fans to have the best possible time um create that connection with the club and you feel it in in american sports in general it's so easy to get caught up in the hype and you know get properly merged up as soon as you go through the door <laughs> yeah. um, and and that's probably um, I lean towards more of that side just because I, I love the excitement that comes with it. Um, but then at the same time, when I go, and it's hard not to sort of like feel like when you're an English person going into a game, you know, we know how to do it best, sort of thing. Mm. Um, but you totally see it. Like there's so many good examples of what has happened in the MLS where they're they're approaching. Um, things in the right way like um, having uh, to some people it might sound cringe but like in um, stadiums having sort of like pyro areas and stuff like that at least it's kind of like embracing what people want to do as a, as a as opposed to sort of just shutting it down mm. and like safe standing and all that sort of stuff I'm sure that most of the football fans in this country would love that kind of atmosphere because that's what that's what excites people that and ultimately like what's so good about sport in America while we all want to win you'd, you'd much rather just have like the best day uh and not not give two shits about the result at the end of the day um because at the same you know we always support our clubs even if they're sort of like win lose or draw it's, it's up and down and it's it will hurt a lot of the time um but you always come back to your club and if you can have the greatest day um, while you do that, then then that's something that should be looked at for sure. And that, that's something that I guess I, I get asked all the time. So and not at the moment, obviously, with everything that's gone on in the world, but people are traveling and I get asked all the time, what, what's the best ground to go to in Germany or Spain? Or is there one that's, yeah, you've just described the, the, the atmosphere and a match day experience. If you were to say to someone that was coming from the States to Europe, let's say, or anywhere in the world even, what what's like the game day experience that you've been to that would just like blow everyone's hair back and be like, this is amazing? Um, no question. It's a cliche, but the yellow wall in Dortmund. Yeah, dying. That's emotional. Mm. Um, that I had, I had just a, an incredible experience there. Like, it's like you're at a gig and you see everything. You're like proper, like squashed in, <laughs> and you see like in front of me when I went there. I've, I've only been to one game there, and I was right in the thick of the yellow wall, and it was incredible you have like you see everything in 90 minutes and like in front of me there was someone that passed out and then instantly like hands come out of nowhere with like water and pints or whatever and sort of bring this person back to life like like, like, a, biblical. Yeah, like a community feel sort of thing to it yeah and you just come away from that just thinking like man that that's insane and you know like even the guys that are like geeing up the crowd, there's no pretense to it. You, you know, I mean, you see, you saw that video that went, that was doing the rounds a few years ago, the guy um, in Seattle. Um, and then you compare that to what's happening in, in Dortmund. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, while, while the, no disrespect to the guy in Seattle, but it's a completely different world because these people in Dortmund were like, you know, a ridiculous level of passion. Um, and so in the side of, of part of the club, but, um, I mean, I've been, so definitely a Dortmund game, but, but you have to feel like you'd come away feeling guided if you didn't get to get inside the yellow also, make sure you can do that. Um, I went to, uh, a PSG Marseille game in Marseille a few years ago Mm. and that was, um, 
that was insane. Just there was no PSG fans allowed. Yet there was like tear gas and everything. Like, I've, that was the first experience I had had of tear gas. And man, it was like intense. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, but that was that was just like a mad, mad experience of like fans outside the ground. Uh, just like burning PSG shirts before the game and, and stuff like that um, so mad but like again the adrenaline buzz after it is just like wow yeah let's do that again so um, Dortmund and Marseille they're the first two stops for anyone that's going over to Europe uh, yeah maybe I mean like and then then there's other different experiences that you can have like the, the new Spurs stadium just as a as a spectacle is like is a mad mad stadium um absolutely incredible um but i mean i support a team in the championship so my my um experiences of uh going to watch football are, are not so tied into sort of like the gloss um i'd i'd always say you know get on the train and go to watch a a team where a, a, a team where the games you know, matter a whole lot in a different way mm. um because it takes a lot of commitment to follow you know a team that's not going to have you know endless glory and endless riches who do you support i support bristol city oh nice okay so, yeah, i mean no. ironically i say endless riches we are owned by an incredibly wealthy man so um that <laughs> yeah well and, and that's like the way most football clubs are going now anyway right like the championship and even league one league two in england most teams are either getting bought out by a wealthy investor right so yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's after that promise ground and you never, you know, I speak to people at the club and I'm sort of in the same vein. I've said it openly, like, as much as it would be an amazing experience to be in the Premier League, um, I'm not sure how much I want it because... <laughs> yeah. Careful what uh, you wish for, right? Yeah. I mean, the Championships is such an incredible league where anyone can beat anyone. Yeah. Um, and whereas you get to sort of like below sixth in the Premier League and everyone's just trying not to lose mm-hmm. I'd much rather go watch my team try and win than not lose um, so I mean the, the, the Championship kind of starts from like like I don't know 10th in the Premier League down anyway um, so yeah it's, it's it's a great league to to watch definitely and, and just to kind of bring it up to like current uh the way the way things are set right now uh what do you see as the way back in as far as like fans go with everything that's going on in the world obviously covid and what, what do you see as like the next part of going to football matches um in the next year what what, what do you think that even looks like are we going to see people in grounds again or do you think that's going to be something that's off the table this year i mean you hear little bits of information don't you like there was a leaked uh audio clip that was on the on the BBC um, a few like last week that um, had coaches saying that like the AFL meeting that they had that um, they can't see fans coming back into the stadium until like the new year and and that sort of thing but Mm. so I mean it's just week to week even in sort of what we're doing on a daily basis you just sort of constantly just second guessing what the following week might look like but um, I'd, I think whatever happens, whenever the season comes back, the sense of celebration and hopefully the sense of unity that we can all get when we're all through this, um, like as a as a spectacle, football's not gonna. It's it's going to be such a celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all so hungry for it and so sort of thirsty to get back into that experience and and just be with people. I think it's going to be such an amazing thing whenever it does happen um you just i suppose you just can't set a date in case you in case you get disappointed um but when it does happen it's just going to be incredible i don't know what the experience is going to be like or i keep asking it's weird because i said this someone the other day but i keep asking players in interviews what the world's going to be like after this when i don't know the answer myself right um and it's strange because who knows really i think we might just have to accept a new norm for a while um that this whole you know social distancing thing is going to have to just be the way we where we live um but who knows 
who knows I don't I think at least even if football came back and we can all watch it um, through uh, you know online or whatever and not be in the stadiums and, and that's better than no football at all um, but the argument always comes back that you know, without football without fans football is nothing really um, I think if, if anything hopefully it addresses the, the balance a little bit um, when we come through the other side in that uh, football's almost like run away with itself and I think there's there's kind of going to be a lot of realisation as to how how sustainable it is um, outside you know those top clubs that earn so much because like lower down any period and uh, all those teams are you know having to pay wages without any income essentially so um, I think that will be a, a huge sort of like realisation as to what's most valuable you know that, that's probably the biggest lesson we're all learning right now is what are those things that we love most and and what's what are we going to spend our time on when we get through all this and you know that's most probably going to be you know creating experiences with family um, and and does does football sort of like fall down the, the pecking order when we're through all this because what we know is important or does it become a you know a vital thing that we all want more and more of so either way i'm excited for it to come back oh yeah it's going to be immense the return even without people in the stadium initially just being able to watch football again will be will be something yeah i'm interested to know how um teams will respond to that because obviously like in so many teams you'll get players that absolutely thrive off that Mm. Uh, probably you know six out of ten in training during the week but you put them in a stadium where the atmosphere is and they raise their game immensely Mm. you do wonder like is it going to completely reset things and will we see the true talent of, of players I suppose and where's the uh, what's the content shift now for soccer ball? Just why there's been downtime? What's the last couple of months been like? Just as far as content generation, and is it business as usual, or have you switched up a little bit just to kind of uh, meet the, uh, the the current crisis with some new content or any like fresh ideas for that? Yeah, it's been an opportunity to kind of do a lot of things that we've been talking about for a while, but never had the chance to do, and I think. Now, obviously, from where we are, like we always we're always kind of insistent that we shoot everything ourselves and we put our own creative standpoint um, on things. But it's you know shifted a little bit, and we we just have to look at what what we can create ourselves. Luckily, we've got um, some of the most talented people in the game um, working with us behind the scenes that can uh, you know create content that's so so rich but I think it's been an exciting change to be honest because as soon as it all it's like right we're going it's lockdown and um I was doing a, a shoot on the day that effectively um everything was shut down and in the space of like a day we had like 15 shoots that were all you know all canned um because we were making them the next issue of the magazine at the time um so it meant that we had to sort of like down tools and just rethink. And at first you go, it goes to your head. You're like, Gee, what, what are we going to do? Um, because, you know, we want, we want football to underline the conversation constantly. Um, but now it's, it's actually been refreshing to be able to be like, firstly, what, what have we got in the bank um, in terms of imagery and uh, interviews and stuff like that, that we could rework and, and, and create as new um but then also the most important thing for me was like right let's make some case studies of these new formats of things that we want to try um and then we can start going to players and and uh brands and uh, agents and that sort of thing and say like look this is what we want to do can you help us um because i think like just get those case studies and then they've they've all gone down really well so um some of the stuff that we've been trying is like even just as basic as getting playlists from from players and uh we got one from Virgil van Dijk like off the bat um and it was like okay this is the whole new approach to everything and it's actually 
amazing because you know football's a crowded place and when you go to a shoot quite often there'll be a lot of people there and now we, we're um, just going and speaking direct to players um, and as good as phoning them up when they're in the living room hmm. uh, so it's just a, it's I find it as a really excited time and I, I don't know I think that you know if you can create content at this in this time then it rethinks to how you can create content in the future and and if anything means like if you can create content in this time where you know backs are to the wall when there's all the pressure on um because you just you need to create something and you can hit a quality mark with it too then imagine what you can do when you have all your tools when you get back out there um and we've we've been creating really strong content for a while but it just means you can sort of like draw a line in the sand and then be like okay how can we go again with it because yeah I, I do see it as an exciting opportunity um albeit a, a strange way of working yeah no that's it, it's definitely going to bring out the best like you said it's if you can do it right now and and do it well at the moment when you've you've not got as many tools at your disposal it's it bodes well for the future right yeah definitely Definitely. So, so as far as like just you doing your your shoots and players that you've come across, have you got a favourite player that you've met? Just as far as whether it's music or style, is there someone that stands out in your mind of like, oh, he's he's got it or he or she has got it together? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I think when you when you come away from an interview or whatever, and and you see those those, you know instantly. Um, I think there's a lot of people people always ask me like oh who's who's given you grief or who's been the worst player you've met but generally like it sounds like a cop-out answer but most of the time people are great mm. um it's just you know you're working under sort of like very strange circumstances where you might get you know four minutes with a player um but and i say it like quite often i love working with like young players and and female players at the moment because there's just so much appetite. You know, older players might have been around the block and sick of doing photo shoots, not necessarily get that you want to do something creative with it, whereas um, young players get it, firstly, and know the, the value of their social content. And then female players, in the same sense, have not had that light shone on them in the past. Um, so it's been an exciting opportunity to work with them. Um, players individually I mean like just talking because we, we did a, a phone call with uh, Yedlin last last week mm. and um, he was he's someone that instantly you put down the phone you're like yeah this is he's, he's got it he knows what he's talking about and, yeah. and it's not just he doesn't want to just he's just not not just another player that kind of like wants to launch his, his own brand he gets it and he, he wants to you know, explore his own creative mind. Um, and you see that more and more, really. Yeah, and it's it's like the, the shoots that you do. I think I saw one recently, was it with, uh, was it Hector Bellerin, was it? We've Did done you... stuff with Bellerin, yeah, yeah. We've been, been on the journey with him from the start. He's an amazing guy. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's such a good um, like inspiration and also... Uh, he, I think he just opens the door um, in, in such a good way. Like, if it's just progressive thinking, really. If he can express himself and show people what they can be, uh, then there's no reason why the players can't do the same. Um, take Tom Davies at Everton as an example, uh, as someone who who expresses himself and and isn't afraid to put himself out there, knowing that you know mass media might say you know, what's he wearing and you know all the social comments that come with that um but then on the flip side there'll be so many other people that just be like no respect he's, he's gone out there and he's his own man um so i've got a lot of love for players like that who are, who are sort of interested in showing their own personality when it's not just because they want you know, so many likes on instagram or whatever they generally have a lot of interests in in different areas and Bellerin is definitely the epitome of that. What, what do you think of, of what part of the 
Uh, what part of this do you think is uh, the thing that you're most excited about in the next, let's say, like five years culturally, whether it's, um, you know, the fashion part of football or just a kind of media at large? What is the kind of the, the standout thing that's exciting for you about the next part of what Soccer Bible is going to do and what you're going to do at Soccer Bible? I think, like, it's um, we want to obviously do more and more in the States, um, but also, you know, take more and more from the different cultures that you see I think um, I'd say the the mantra and the, the philosophy that I've always had is like we always take influence from outside the game um, so it's more about embracing uh, new trend and and new opportunities um, so in the way that from a photography perspective we'll always like um, and I say this to everyone it's like if we've got a football opportunity then you bring a skate photographer to it or you bring a you know someone who, who's incredible at portraiture or someone who shoots in a, in a particularly different style whether that's film or whatever um and you just get a completely different um output when different worlds collide so the more we do that the better and, and that's what i'd see always being sort of like the set the, how we measure our own success really um in just pushing the boundaries more and more um i think you'd see you'll see lots of more uh independence uh, i think you'll see a lot more players that stand out in the way that like obj does for um uh for nfl mm. uh in the football space um so i think like embracing those kind of things uh i think like this again just because it's fresh in my mind but like you look at the uh flamboyance and the excitement of someone like dennis rodman and uh who's to say that footballers can't be like that too um so you know maybe we might see more more stuff like that i think the whole space is always constantly growing um and there's probably a lot of work that's gone in that we would have seen come out that crosses football, fashion, music as we got closer to the Euros. But if anything, having that extra year now um, might mean that even more people jump on board. Um, so I guess that our focus will, well, in the short term will be all eyes towards Euros and, and what more we can do around that. Um, because, I mean, for Soccer Bible as a brand, we want to move into a space that's not, just a big number because I think that quite often people can see like five and a half million on Instagram or whatever and just think, well, that's a big, nice account. Mm. But there's people behind the scenes and we want to create a community around what we're doing. Um, and it's always there as a creative outlet for the best in the game or people who want to embrace football really. Um, so the more things that we can bring in from you know, independent designers who are fa who are interested to do something that brings fashion and football together, then we'll embrace it. Um, same with like photographers or filmmakers or whatever. For me, it's just always about more stories, more storytelling, like what what's going on in parts of the world that we haven't covered. Um, and you'd think with things like on the surface, like into Miami, should be a, a massive, exciting, you know turning point for the MLS mm. uh, so being across that would be great but then also like you know what's happening in Asia um, how can we talk about that more um, and and just explore parts of the world with it really have you, have you personally experienced uh, the football scene in China at all have you been out there obviously there's a ton of money have gone that's gone into the Chinese league in the last few years so have you been out there and experienced their football culture at all I've not I've been to Japan and experienced um, a mad, mad experience out there where we went to um, just a, a college tournament. Well, it was a high school football tournament that was played over two days. Mm. And uh, it was hosted in like 70,000 seat stadium, the, the stadium where uh, Ronaldinho lobbed Seaman. Oh, yeah, uh, 2002. Yeah. So we went out there for like a few days and just documented it all. And that was, if you... A snapshot of how mad and amazing it must be because that was just school teams and you had a you know 70,000 seat stadium that was full <laughs> that's days. crazy and these things are are stuff that the rest of the world don't don't see and don't know and 
the more we can sort of like you know, uh, showcase them and put a spotlight onto all these things that you don't know, then the better. And I'm sh I'm sh I'm sure it's the same with even like South America. It's like you only see the the tip of the iceberg, really. You know, we all know like Boca and River Plate and teams like that. That and and to experience that must be insane. But you'd love to go further and you know make a, a film out of the whole experience because. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's a space, especially in this kind of like media scene that's kind of missing at the moment. And and do you still think that like as as the stuff you're doing, do you see the 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 tie between like you described described like m music and football is uh, always kind of a reflection of uh, the the culture at large, right? Is is that still prevalent? Uh, do you think more now than ever, or is that something that? Is music still a tie-in and represented in football in the same way as it has been previously? Yeah, probably more even even more than ever. Um, I mean, it always always has been, but it's interesting to watch how it changes because obviously, like in the UK or like around the world, like from grime to hip hop over the last few years has just been the sort of like go-to um, sound of football i suppose i suppose using a, a fifa playlist year on year is kind of a good barometer of what the general sort of tone of football is mm. um and i think you know they're they're intrinsically linked you also see in this country you'll see a lot especially in like cities like london a lot of players have grown up with um people who have become musicians um so there's a lot of like players and footballers that know each other and there's the classic thing that I don't think will ever go where you know to a certain extent players want to be musicians and musicians want want to be players um I think that that will always be there um but they they obviously have so much in common in terms of going out there and performing and uh being on stage and the, the sort of graft that you have to do to work up to that level um there's a lot of commonalities there um but you see it naturally i think we'll jump on it when you see a uh, rapper or whatever wearing a football shirt just because it's sort of like again it's someone from outside the typical football space that's that's pushing it in a direction that's more fashionable and and more savvy so like you'd only ever want to see more of it um it, i love it when you see a musician like rock up somewhere and he's wearing the, the football shirt of, of that um city or whatever but i'm always also like very um i think it's just the the creative side of me who's just like it has to be done right um there's nothing there'd be nothing worse than just seeing sort of like a team do it for the sake of it and it's not shot right and it's the, the story's not done as best it could um so i think it's kind of like a bit of both you just need you need the right person with the right imagery and you can push things forward in a really nice way and you said there earlier that some of the players have been sending you playlists why they've had some downtime who's who sent the best one in um i mean lucas podolsky sent me 27 songs we asked for 10 <laughs> and i was just yeah this guy is amazing <laughs> that's quality yeah, and it was a sort of like a mixture of like old school hip hop and and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, like legend really. Um, nice. But you see, you do see a lot of like typical same stuff that you know Drake's appearing on all of them. Um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good mix up for sure. Cool. So before I let you go, mate, we're just uh, br briefly. What do you think are the is the right way to end some of these football seasons? Because obviously a couple are cancelled, right? Like France and Holland, but England is still England and Spain and Italy. I think are still clinging on. What What do you think is the right way to end some of these? In your opinion, I've heard everything from uh, just cancel and end to like put all the managers into like a WrestleMania style death match and let them like figure it out that way. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that happen. Right <laughs> now. <laughs> Um, seriously, I, I think it's just kind of like, it is just embracing a new norm for the time being. Mm. Um, so who knows when, uh, we'll be able to go back or whatever, but I feel like, um, we just, I'd want to see, I feel like Liverpool fans as an example, you know, they kind of like can't win at the moment, but I also feel like if you're, 
if your team got promoted just just cause um i think that you'd kind of like you'd lose all the momentum going into the next year um so i hope that they, it can just it can all be settled by playing football and I'd, I'd definitely be on the side of we just hold back until we can until it's safe and players can go out there and play um but it's kind of like what do we want like the fantasy or the reality and the reality is probably like you know we're all going to be social distancing for a little while so how can a player go in and, and make a challenge um but then at the same time you've got like Bayern who are tra still training at the moment so I don't know I, like head is kind of it's just fuzz to be honest because I don't know which way I'm going to go yeah and like you said it's, it's got to be brutal for like fans of certain teams that are just sort of twiddling their thumbs thinking oh Liverpool especially right it was 30 years since they've won the league and they that they're at the the finish line and then the, uh, the rug got pulled out unfortunately but like you said there's it, there's much more important things at play I guess in the, for football but some some supporters won't be able to win either way at the moment right yeah, I mean it's all relative. We, while you know we want everyone to be safe and well and and everything else like that, um, you've you've still got your passion as a as a fan that uh, wants to see and win a title or you know compete and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know which way it's going to go, but I'd like to see it played out. And you know the dream would obviously just be let can we just play it as soon as, as soon as possible and everything can go back to normal, but. Yeah, I don't think that's a reality. And, and like you say, we just want everyone to be safe and well and, and stay home and do that, do everything that they should to, you know, help this go away and just follow guidance, really. Yeah, no, for sure, mate. Listen, Pete, it's been brilliant, mate. I'm going to let you go. And it was, uh, it was a pleasure talking. Thanks for all the, the feedback and great work with Soccer Bible. It's been great, mate. Thanks, man. And thanks for having me. And yeah, you keep well. Yeah, cheers, mate. All right, everyone, that is it for today, the end of the show, full time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Today's guest was Pete Martin from Soccer Bible. You can check out Soccer Bible online at soccerbible.com and across social media at Soccer Bible. Pete's personal accounts are I am Pete Martin. He posts a lot of really cool content from his travels and his work, so you can check him out on social media as well. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in and being part of the community. It's been a lot of fun doing the project so far, and we appreciate everyone tuning in and listening. The show will be published every Thursday across all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, so you can tune in and download. It'll be on deck across all different platforms. So once again, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week with a new episode and we've got loads of really quality guests lined up. So check it out next week. Cheers.